0: Hello and welcome back to EndoPod. My name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. This week we're going to be looking at a very prevalent condition that affects millions of people around the world, obesity, and how coronavirus fits into this. According to the World Health Organization, in 2016, 1.9 billion adults were overweight and 650 million of these were classed as obese. The number is ever-increasing, and obesity brings many other conditions and illnesses along with it. Since the COVID-19 pandemic has started, it has been found that people with obesity are at increased risk of severe infection. Throughout this episode, we'll be exploring why. We'll cover what obesity is and how it comes about, before moving on to explain the different aspects as to why obese people are at high risk. Obesity is defined as excessive fat buildup that may lead to health issues and the fundamental cause of obesity is that calorie intake exceeds calorie expenditure. Now that we've gone through the scientific definition, it needs to be said that obesity isn't just a simple case of someone overeating. It's a very complex process with genetic, psychological and environmental factors involved. As I mentioned before, along with obesity comes with several health issues including heart disease, arthritis, diabetes, and even some cancers. And these are conditions that increase risk of severe COVID-19 infection. So already we can see the negative impacts of obesity in this scenario. Now let's look at how obesity actually comes about. There are a huge number of factors that go into this, but in this episode, we'll focus on hormones, genetics, and the nervous system. We have two major gut hormones that influence our appetites normally, ghrelin and leptin. Ghrelin is our hunger hormone and is produced in the gastric fundus. It helps us build an appetite to increase food intake and store fat. Leptin is our fullness hormone and is produced by white adipose tissue. It decreases appetite and tells our brain that we need to stop eating once our stomach becomes distended. It acts alongside other anorexogenic hormones like glucagon-like peptide 1, Peptide YY, and cholecystokinin. Genes are behind everything in our body, including these hormones. They control how much leptin and ghrelin an individual has and how effective they are. It is thought that many obese people have built up a resistance to leptin, which normally tells us when we're full, which could be a possible explanation as to why people with obesity may overeat. Normally, ghrelin is suppressed after a meal so that we don't overeat, but obesity is associated with reduced ghrelin suppression after a meal. This is an explanation as to why people with obesity may overeat. There is an imbalance in these hormones and ultimately there is a genetic basis for this. Another important hormone to mention is insulin. It is a main hormone that acts postprandially. It reduces blood glucose levels and acts on the hypothalamus to promote satiety. Obesity is very much associated with a resistance to insulin. Not only does this mean that people with obesity will overeat, it also leads to type 2 diabetes, Of course the reverse can also happen with type 2 diabetes causing obesity. We have covered this in more detail in a few of our previous episodes, so feel free to check that out. So we can already see why obesity isn't a simple case of overeating and why it isn't okay to blame people with obesity for self inflicting it. Now let's look at how the sympathetic nervous system in our body also contributes to obesity. It is thought that altered sympathetic activity can contribute to obesity with things like carbohydrate overfeeding being associated with increased sympathetic activity. The sympathetic system has specific effects on metabolism. It promotes insulin release, adipose lipolysis, skeletal muscle glucose uptake and hepatic gluconeogenesis. Reduced sympathetic mediated adipose lipolysis has been suggested to lead to excess lipid accumulation and weight gain. The sympathetic nervous system is important in regulating metabolism, but its precise role in obesity is still fairly unknown. Finally, we'll look at how genetics contribute to obesity. Mutations in genes encoding for the leptin-melanocortin pathway result in early onset obesity, and these patients can benefit from leptin or melanocortin receptor 4 agonists. However, these mutations occur in only a small proportion of obese individuals, with 1-5% to of morbidly obese populations suffering from leptin receptor mutations. So monogenic causes of obesity are rare and account for only about 7% of childhood onset obesity. In most individuals, the genetic predisposition to obesity tends to be polygenic. Common variants in parts of the fat mass and obesity-associated genes were associated with a higher BMI in people. Similarly, other polygenic variants were found through a large meta-analysis of genome-wide association studies for BMI. So, we have looked at several factors that can lead to obesity. Now let's move on to look at why those with obesity are at increased risk of severe COVID disease. I have said before that obesity isn't just a condition of its own. It is associated with many other conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, high blood pressure, etc. So it comes as no surprise that those with obesity are at higher risk of severe COVID-19 disease due to their associated conditions. In terms of diabetes, coronavirus infection possibly triggers higher stress conditions within the body, leading to the release of glucagon, adrenaline and cortisol, which all elevate blood glucose levels. This obviously means that people with diabetes find it more difficult to control their blood glucose levels and may find their normal therapy regimes don't quite work for them. This not only allows coronavirus to invade more readily, but also increases risk of diabetic complications such as diabetic ketoacidosis. The inability to control blood sugar levels has also been linked to the inhibition of lymphocyte proliferation and impaired macrophage and neutrophil functions. This means the coronavirus displays a stronger infection. There are many other reasons why, which we've covered in detail in our episode on diabetes and COVID-19, so please feel free to check that out. In terms of heart disease associated with obesity, it has been found that COVID-19 is not just a respiratory illness, it is also cardiovascular disease. The coronavirus enters cells by binding to the ACE2 receptor found in many organs such as lungs, heart, blood vessels, etc. People who have high blood pressure usually take medicines called ACE inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers. Both of these medicines lead to an increase in levels of this ACE2 receptor, meaning more opportunities for the virus to enter cells in the body. It is thought that when the virus enters cardiomyocytes, it can lead to cardiac dysfunction and arrhythmias. However, it should be said that taking ACE inhibitors or angiotensin receptor blockers should not be stopped in those with high blood pressure, as there is no solid evidence that this is very detrimental in COVID-19. So we can see why people with obesity are at risk of severe COVID-19 disease. Though obesity puts them at high risk, as well as the associated conditions that come along with obesity. It is a multifactorial basis for this increased risk. <music> On a more molecular level, obesity can be defined as a chronic inflammatory process. The inflammation that occurs in obesity disrupts the normal body environment, so the immune system is always busy trying to repair this inflammation. This includes adipocyte apoptosis, leading to inflammatory leukocyte infiltration, and this means many obese people have a pro-inflammatory phenotype in general. When we add an infection such as coronavirus on top of that, people with obesity simply don't have the capacity to deal with the two things at the same time. This is a possible explanation as to why people who are obese are at more risk with COVID-19. As well as this, obesity has been associated with an impaired immune response. High-fat diet can lead to changes in the thymus architecture, which is crucial for the development of T lymphocytes. This is thought to reduce the thymic output of naive T cells, which can lead to impaired immune surveillance. There is decreased cytokine production, abnormal monocyte and lymphocyte function, natural killer cell dysfunction, reduced macrophage and dendritic cell function and even a delay in our immune system responding to a foreign antigen or mitogen. The immune systems of those with obesity are generally underactive or already busy trying to repair the inflammation associated with obesity allowing for coronavirus to cause a more severe infection. It has been found that young people with severe obesity tend to move towards respiratory failure caused by severe COVID disease. There is no current explanation for this presentation, but it is known that severe obesity is associated with sleep apnea syndrome and surfactant dysfunction. Surfactant is a liquid produced by your lungs that reduces the surface tension and prevents your lungs from collapsing. Both sleep apnea and abnormal surfactant can lead to severe COVID-19 disease, meaning patients may end up requiring ventilation. Population studies have also shown that hospitalised patients with obesity are far more likely to develop secondary infections and complications such as sepsis. In addition to this, severe obesity in itself has been named a risk factor for severe H1N1 influenza infection, which is a similar infection to the new coronavirus. So, what is the current advice for people with obesity? The World Health Organization advises that everyone regularly washes their hands and maintains social distancing where possible. For those with obesity, they should make sure that any other condition they have such as diabetes is well managed and controlled to avoid risks. They should try and maintain healthy eating and undertake daily physical activity as much as they can. This is of course applicable to everyone but especially important for those with obesity. By exercising regularly, their risks of heart disease can be reduced and healthy eating will not only help with weight loss, it will also boost immune system. Having said this, the psychological and mental health impact of obesity is a major factor we cannot miss. We have had a previous episode where we discussed why people with obesity are prone to mental health issues and the common stereotypes surrounding them. As a summary, it is often assumed that obesity is under personal control, meaning that people think a lot of times it is self-inflicted due to laziness and lack of knowledge. This can make people with obesity feel stigmatised and puts them at risk of having low self-esteem, depression and a poor quality of life. Of course, this is not true as we have discussed the genetic and hormonal involvement in obesity in length. We need to make sure that as a society, we should never stigmatise those with obesity as this can make them less likely to seek medical help. Instead, we should empathise and encourage them to make a lifestyle change in a healthy manner. People with obesity need special medical care that tackles their physical health conditions while also helping them mentally. Lockdown is now lifting at various rates in the UK and all over the world. This is good in some ways, as it lets people with obesity get back to a routine and also rejoin weight loss support groups in the community. However, the coronavirus has not disappeared. And the idea of a second wave will understandably be concerning and frightening for those who are at higher risk. We need a government level and community level effort to reassure people who are anxious. Throughout this episode, we've touched on how obesity comes about in the first place and why those with obesity need to be extra careful with COVID-19 as they're more prone to developing the severe form of the infection. I hope it is now clear that obesity is a multifactorial condition and not just a simple case of overeating. And I also hope you've learned why those with obesity are at higher risk of severe COVID disease. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Please do follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues. And of course, I always welcome any feedback. If you have any requests for future podcasts, then absolutely let us know. As always, we're very grateful for the support we are receiving. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off.